Well, praise the Lord. I want to uh, just uh, encourage all of you. Um, I told Sumter this morning, let me tell you, we've been, if you don't know, when we went over to Sumter, our, we bought a building over there. And um, when, we, when we were to open up on Easter Sunday, the city came in and said no. I mean, they just put a red sign up and said, you're done. And, and they could have told us beforehand, I don't know, I could have said a lot of things, but, um, you know, I'm for the city, so I'm not fighting them. Point is, is that uh, we needed to go through different steps to get the building open. I'd never had that happen before. In every building we've opened at Family Worship Center, we've never gone under that kind of uh, scenario where, where there was criteria to meet. And every time we tried to meet the criteria, we, we would come up short. Long story short of it is we never got in the building, but we opened up and put a tent out there and had church since, since Easter Sunday in a tent. And every Sunday morning I go over there and preach at 9 and then come over here and preach at 1030. Because the Bible says, he that's faithful in little shall be made ruler over much. How many understand that when God gives you a task and he ordains you to do something, go through with it. Amen. Don't, don't stop because I didn't stop because they shut the building down. If the Lord told me to open a church there, that, didn't, that wasn't about a building. Amen. It's about doing God's will. And so we followed that plan. And uh, last week, the architect came in. We've been through the architect several times trying to get things done. They wrote us a letter with about five things they wanted us to do. The architect went over there, went through the building. And, uh, and we feel like we've met all five of the criteria. Now, you never know because, you know, it seems like that they're trying to hold up another church coming to Sumter. I, I don't know if that's true or not. We probably could have rented a building. They might not have been able to say much. But buying one, they, they had a lot to say about it. Anyway, the long story short of it is, is we should have met all the criteria, and this week, uh, we're expecting to get our, our approval to continue construction and get going. So, I want you to pray with me and agree with me that we can get that building open. You know, interestingly enough, we have somewhere between 50 and 60 people that come to Family Worship Center at Sumter in a tent. How many know that's good? Somebody say amen. Just be faithful. Look at your name and say, be faithful in the little things. Amen. Don't get discouraged because it doesn't pop open right away. You know, there's something about God breathed on it. I, I don't know how to explain that, but you know, when we opened up Family Worship Center, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody thought we would succeed. We didn't have anybody. It was just Amy and I. And we put the sign up. A few people came from the sign. Our first service, we had maybe 28, 29 people. The next Sunday, we only had eight, and that included our family. And if you were coming to Family Worship Center, you'd have thought we'd made a mistake. You know, at that time... And uh, we really had to endure the process of going through it and saying, God, you know, we were expecting you to do this. And if this is your call and this is what you wanted to do, put your hand on it. But it was like one day we had a, we had a, 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 a woman's meeting. It was a, we did a women's meeting. My mother was still alive back then, and she did this women's meeting. And we went to a, a restaurant and had about 35 people come to this women's meeting at this, at this restaurant. And when we came back to the church that Sunday, we had somewhere around 30-something people that came to Family Worship Center that had come to that women's breakfast. And from there, it was like God breathed on it. He just, it was like the breath of God. It was like just out of nowhere, a breath of God came on it. And we started growing. The church started improving. People started coming. And things started happening. Sometimes you just got to wait on the breath of God. You just got to wait on His presence to come. You got to wait till He breathes on something. And he says, be faithful in little, and God will make you real over much. Keep your eyes on it. We have a, a graphic that we want to put up, and we want to talk about maybe you guys getting involved again and being a part of it. I, I don't know if they have the graphic, but 
uh, we're, we're moving forward and we're moving forward. We need to complete the construction and you need to believe with us and help us fulfill the project. That's a great graphic, by the way. Don't y'all think that's a great graphic? I think my son did that graphic. That's why I'm bragging on it. I'm just kidding. Amen. You know, we've been talking about following, following the Holy Spirit, following The word following is, we don't preach series here. You know that. I can't do that. This is a Holy Ghost church, and so can't do that. I mean, it just has to come up out of your heart. We can have a theme, though, can't we? And it's sometimes easier to to help people see where we're going if we just have a theme. And So right now, our theme for Family Worship Center is follow. And so you might want to write that down. Last week, we talked about following the Holy Spirit, which is a goal. But there's a lot, of, a lot of room to go with a, with a word like follow. And whatever the Holy Spirit leads, that's what we want to do. And I prayed, and I just got something in my spirit. So let's start off, and I want to repeat the text from last week. And I want us once again to go there. If you go over to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, then we can start there. And it says, For as many as are led by the Holy Ghost, or by the Spirit, that word Spirit there is with a big S, that means Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when we get saved, Jesus comes to live in us, but it's the Holy Ghost that lives in us. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. It's that he sent the Holy Ghost for us. And so he lives in us, and he also works in us, moves through us, comes through us, speaks through us. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Just say that. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then we went to Proverbs 20, 27, and it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You and I live in a body. We live in this body. It's five senses, taste, touch, feel, see, and smell. That's what we, that's what we have, five senses. Then we, we, uh, we also uh, 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 have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, we said this last week, we don't live by our mind, will, and emotions. When it comes to God, we've got to come to a place where we're listening to the Holy Spirit and that our mind is not in control. I'm not saying that the mind is not involved. We're not automatons with no mind at all. We have a mind, and that mind is, is how we attach to uh, 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 mental things. It's what we do for educational things. And, and we have that mind and the will and emotions but we don't live by that. That's not the direction. When we get saved and the Holy Spirit's working us to be led by the Holy Spirit means that we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Look at somebody and say, you've got to follow the Holy Ghost. You say, well, how do we do that? We know, number one, by the Word of God. We said that it's the Word. The Word doesn't have mistakes. It's got no errors, and it has all the answers. And so we have the Word of God. And on top of that, we have not only that Logos Word, but we have a Rhema Word, a spoken Word that God speaks to us. He reveals to us the Word. First time you got saved or you accepted Jesus Christ, maybe you had heard it before. Maybe it was on television. Maybe somebody preached it. Maybe a friend was talking about it. Maybe you rejected it constantly. But one day, one day the Spirit of God began to deal with you, begin to speak with you, and the Word about getting saved and receiving Christ and confessing Him as Lord became revelation knowledge. You acted on it because it was revealed to you. It wasn't just words on a page. They're there, but it became revealed Word. God wants us to live by the words that He wrote and by the revelation of those words to us. How many know He still speaks today? Come on, somebody. He'll still speak. 
He speaks to us in all kinds of ways, dreams and visions and supernaturally he speaks to us. But the most important way we hear is by the inner voice, that inner man. That's how God connects with us. I have to understand it. That's why I have a mind, will, and emotions. He speaks to my spirit and it can connect. It is connected to my soul. I can understand. I can receive. I can act. But God is not a soul. God is not a flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, God is not a car. He's not an ice cream cone. Say amen. amen. No, for God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit, spirit and in truth. That's how we worship him. That's how we connect. That's how he speaks to us. By the help of the Holy Spirit. And so as I was thinking about this, this is the direction I want you to go and understand that living for God is being led by the Spirit. Living for God is, is, is not an, a, a physical task. Now, physics is, physical tasks are what I do once I hear from God, once I understand the Word, but, but it is not a physical thing. You can't cut your hair and be saved. You can't not cut your hair and not be saved. We ought to cut our hair. Keep our hair. Take care of ourselves. Understand? That's a physical thing. If you're serving God, there are some things that you should do because you're serving God. But it is not the thing that activates God. Somebody say amen. You know, when I was growing up, they, they, anybody, anybody coming from my kind of circles probably understands this. You all ever heard the word fleece? Anybody in the room ever heard the word fleece? You know, you go outside and say, Lord, if it don't rain on Tuesday, I know it's your will. Don't look at me that way. Y'all did that. Well, it didn't rain on Tuesday. God was talking to me. <laughs> you know? And we go by these things called fleeces. I don't know how we got this in our brain that God spoke through fleeces. And people go through their whole lives living on the idea that God speaks in natural ways. And yet you have a spirit on the inside that God speaks to. He will direct you in your spirit. He will lead you and he will guide you. It's not a mystery to serve God. You've got the written word and the rhema of God, a spoken word. Amen. And so we get all confused and we go outside and, and I think sometimes God honored those things when you were young in the Lord. But as you get older in God and begin to learn more about God, you're supposed to get more mature. Somebody say amen. When my kids were little, we put the, I got two boys and you put the little target in the toilet and they try and pee on the target. I don't put that in there at 18. How I many know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're past the targets in the toilet. Amen. I mean, at this point, they've matured to the point where they're supposed to. As Christians, you might start out and that might be the way you begin. But God doesn't want us leaning on whether it rained on Tuesday. He doesn't lead us that way. It's by our spirits. We're led by our spirits. We're directed by our spirits, not our physical bodies. And so this is what we're talking about. But... I want you to read another scripture with me. This is what really popped into my heart this morning. And that's Hebrews 12, 14 says this. He says, Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to read it again. Just get it with me. I want you to maybe take a highlighter. I'll tell you where to highlight says, follow peace. I highlight peace. And then it says, with all men, that's everybody, and holiness, highlight holiness. That word's a, 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 a word we ought to pay attention to. Without which, nobody's going to see the Lord. That word see there is important as well. 
You know, we all go through relationships and we're going to follow God. One of the things I found out is that there is a yard line. There is a finish line. There's a stick that we can look at. There is a finish line we can cross. I spend a lot of time in prayer. And when I pray, I like to come to a point where I've, where I've completed the prayer. You know, you should be able to get to a point in prayer where you don't get up off the prayer room. You know, there may, it might be a five-minute prayer. It might be a minute-and-a-half prayer. Or it might be a little longer, whatever, whatever prayer it takes. But there's a finish line to that prayer. There, there's a point where you know you've accomplished a task when you pray. You shouldn't be getting up from your prayer room and not know and not have something that guides you to know that you've accomplished the task that God had for you. And I want to give you the key. The key to finished prayer is peace. There has to be peace. Real peace. When you're making decisions about life and choices about life, there has to be peace. And many of us have dealt with challenges with people and, 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 and uh, uh, relationships with our jo- I don't care. All the things that we deal with in life. All the circumstances that we're dealing with. And when we come to those things, you know, Amy and I come to those things right along. And, we'll, and I just have to tell you, I, I have found out something. When you're not at peace, God gave us a great tool called prayer. Somebody say amen. How many of you are glad you get to pray? Come on, somebody. I get to pray. Hallelujah. And I, I'm a, the kind of guy that when I don't have an answer for something, you know, because stuff comes and it just ain't right. How many know what I'm talking about? It just ain't right. How many of you, I know, uh, let, me, let me fix that because I've got to fix my English. It isn't right. Amen. Living in South Carolina, we use the word ain't a lot, but it doesn't fly real well around the rest of the world. But you're in South Carolina, so I use that word, forgive me if I do. But let's just say it this way, it isn't right. Maybe something in your family, you're dealing with your wife or your husband, you're dealing with challenges. We're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. I've had the Holy Spirit tell me, Steve, go in there and hug your wife. And walk down the hallway and and she's in the bedroom or somewhere and nothing special or nothing whatever. But the Lord just say, hug your wife. And I reached out and just put my arms around and hugged her. It was like heaven came down in the house. I mean, I mean, the presence of God comes in when we obey Him. And there was peace in my house. I knew God had come. You know how I knew He had come? Because peace had come. The yardstick for our life is peace. Now, we have to be careful because we judge things on joy or happiness. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, first of all, you've got to understand joy is not the same as happiness. Because that's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was at the middle of my mom's funeral or the, my father as well. And in those two occasions, when they were in their worst situation, I remember my, they brought my mother back and she had gone off. They had taken her that morning uh, to another place to scan her. She had looked good, but that night she'd had an episode in her brain. When they brought her back, her face was twisted. She didn't look the same. It didn't even look like my mother and she was kind of curled up. I knew something drastically and dramatically had happened. Now, people in this room, some of you know what I'm talking about. Others, you don't understand this. But let me just tell you how it felt for me. I knew she wasn't the same. I knew I had prayed for her. I knew I believed God for her. And right then, everything wasn't right. And if we're in, for, in the natural, my body, my mind wanted to scream out. Everything had fallen apart. But something on the inside was different. I had a joy on the inside that nobody can explain. That doesn't come. That's not happiness. 
How many know in the midst of your worst trials, in the midst of difficult times, you can have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength? Come on, we ought to seek after that joy and seek God to be, be full of joy. Because when we have joy, it fights against circumstance. It fights against challenges. It fights. And I could stand there and say, okay, I looked at my mother. I said, Mom, I love you, but I think it's time for you to decide whether you want to stay or go. And I think right now it might be better for you to go. And I watched her just slip away after that. But I had joy because I knew that we'd come to a moment that her faith and my faith had to agree somewhere. How many understand? I don't know if you understand anything I'm talking about. You just have to agree somewhere. You can't live somebody else's life. You can't make somebody else's decisions. You're not going through the pain they're going through. You're not in the challenges they're going through. Somebody ought to say amen. Sometimes we want them to do something they don't want to do. You know, I don't know who I said that for, but somebody needed to hear that. You want somebody to become what you want them to be. You are not their Holy Ghost. Come on, amen. Oh, I just preached a full, full word right there. I could quit and go home on that one. I'm finding that out with my kids. As they get older, there's less I can say. Does anybody in the room know what I'm talking about? Oh, some of the kids are saying preach. <laughs> I'm just, I was making fun. I, I know, I know different. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> you got to, you got to trust the Lord. How many understand you got to trust the Lord? You've got to trust the Lord. You've actually got to go to God and turn stuff over to God and give it to God and say, God, I can't do this. Did you know it's okay to ask God for help? You know, I'm amazed at how many people don't think they can go to God and say, God, I'm in a mess. I don't know what to do. I need some help. Did you know you could actually ask God for help and that he would actually help you? Somebody ought to say amen. As we've gone through this all the years that we've gone through this here at Family Worship Center, there are times when things aren't right. And yet there's a goalpost that I need to seek after. That, that, is, that is peace. And when I, when, I, when I deal with this thing, like every other human that deals with these challenges, in the midst of them, it's hard to keep your emotions under control. Come on, you, you know, parents, I've come this way, I'm a parent, and so I, 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 you might understand this, I mean, maybe with marriage, whatever, but you walk through the door with your kids sometimes, you go, what did I do? Am I the only one that's ever been through this? Where you walk through this, what did I do? What have I done? What have I said? I thought I trained them better than that. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it could be the smallest thing. You just thought it was better than that. Amen? I thought I taught them to clean their room. I, I, I mean, and anyway, I, I'm just saying this to say this. As you go through these things and you feel these emotions, and you feel these challenges, and you feel the upheaval of the moment, you want to come back as an emotional person and deal with it under the light of what you did. You want to strain at what's the problem in me. Why did they do that? What's wrong with me? Why didn't they love me? They should have. What's wrong with me? Come on, somebody. That's the problem. See, we're always dealing with it about the circumstances being about us. And what, we've, what we fail to realize is that everybody has a soul, everybody has a spirit, is a spirit, and everybody lives in their own body. You can't help what other people do. 
Why are you still hanging on to what they did? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. When it don't matter no more. In other words, you don't care if they live or die. You don't care if they're breathing or not breathing. You just, there's no emotions connected anymore. You have no feelings connected to the thing. If you tell me that I'm free of it, I don't, I, I don't love them anymore, I'm free. Now you hate them, then you're not free. See, there are people that come to Family Worship Center. We were walking out of a store, and as we're walking out of the store, there was a lady in the church that, you know, years ago I had upset, and she didn't come back, and I, had, I definitely had offended her, and it was my fault, you know, because pastors do make mistakes. So I had made a mistake. I had failed, and I had not done well. And so she had left the church. Well, family has come back. I'm so excited about that. And we see her in the store, and recently I've seen her a couple times show up. Which makes me happy. I looked over at my wife and I said, Amy, I'm telling you, we love these people. Boy, just, you know, just to see them back in the house of God. She said, oh, they'll never know. You know, just one of those moments we're just talking about the love. Because as pastors, you do. You have love for the people. It's not just preaching a word. It's just it making change. I don't get up here and cheer every time I get up. Like when I walk through that door and I'm about to preach, I'm not one of those guys who go, all right, I get to preach, oh. I, I can't do that. I, uh, preaching is, to me, the, the, the feelings of preaching have requirements. And I feel the requirement of God to say what's going to help somebody's life. And I can't just get up here and do that. When I get up, did I, did I do it? I walk off the floor, the Lord, did I say, have I said what you wanted to say? Did somebody's life change? It's, it's a real thing. But I'm talking to her and we're just doing that, oh, we love the people. And then I looked over and said, there are some people I hope come back, and there's some I never want to see again. <laughs> Not that I don't love them. But genuinely, I'm indifferent because, I mean, I mean, they could get blessed in another church. It doesn't have to be FWC. Say amen. All of you have this going on in your life. You're going through these moments. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with issues and challenges. And there has to be a place called peace. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the goalpost of peace. He said to follow after peace. We're to follow after peace. I want you to look at somebody and say, follow after peace. Where you come indifferent to something. And I'll go off and I'll drive. Sometimes Amy and I, like I said, we go through things and I'll, I'll have to go off. I'll tell you the one thing I have learned. I'm going to say this repeatedly today. Is that when you get in those moments and thank God you can pray. Thank God you can pray. So, you know, I get in the car, I go for a drive, I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm having turmoil with my flesh, my mind is fighting me. And as I continue to pray, being led by the Spirit, following the Holy Ghost, eventually I'll get peace. And I can go back home to my wife and, and the Lord will tell me, everything's okay. It's going to be all right. Have you all ever got there where you prayed and you heard the Lord and your spirit say, it's all all right? Come on, if you haven't got there, you haven't prayed right. You have to get to a place where there's peace. It is well. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Somebody say amen. And we have a place called peace. Peace is the goalpost. The Bible says, blessed are they that have peace or follow after peace. They'll inherit the earth. There's something about it. See, I didn't grow up in a peaceful house. 
I grew up in one of them one of them houses. I don't know what your house was like. My mom and dad were pastors. We're pastors for 30 years. My mom and dad genuinely loved each other. But our house was was not a house of peace. I mean, they grew up, and you know, how many know your, the way you grow up has affected you and will affect you? You've got to deal with your challenges. You've got to deal with the things you were raised with. You've got to deal with the, the, the things that developed you. Many of us don't do that, men especially. We don't like let anybody tell us what to do. We already know what to do. We know how to do it. They don't even want to come for a counseling. You know, they, they, you say, come to the pastor, have counseling over your marriage, and they're like, I already know what to do. And then we're like, yeah, I get that every day. I mean, we don't know what to do. You have to read books and study. You have to prepare. If you were having a heart attack, you wouldn't sit at home and hope you knew what you were doing. You'd get in an ambulance and go to somebody who was a doctor. And yet when we have emotional trauma, trauma we don't go to the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't, we don't, instead of picking up the phone, we ought to go to the throne. Nobody shouted on that one. And go where people can help us. Go where people can instruct us. Stop trying to just learn it on your own. Read a book. Study something. Anyway, we're to follow after. I'm not getting enough on that. We're to follow after. When you don't have peace, you don't have an answer. There has to be peace. There has to be, it is well. Listen to this word in this. Listen to this. The, the word used here. For peace is the word dioko. Excuse me for keeping pulling up my pants. I should have worn my suspenders. I should have put another hole in my belt. I've lost so much weight. Say thank you, Jesus. The word follow here is the word dioko. Follow after peace. The word is a hunting term. It means to follow, to track of an animal, or to follow the scent follow after peace just imagine a hunter putting on his gear getting ready going out looking for tracks following the scent of the beast following looking at every branch looking at everything trying to follow after peace the hunter's hunting following searching for an animal he's not going to stop until he finally gets there follow after peace we're to follow after it now listen to this this is interesting john 14 26 and 27 says this But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, thank God for the Holy Ghost. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What is He going to lead you to? I got somebody yelling. Who yelled that out loudly? Peace. Peace. Follow after peace. Which the Holy Ghost, the Father sent in His name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whosoever or whatsoever I have said to you. Verse 27 goes on, peace I leave with you, and peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, and let it not be afraid. Now listen to this. We don't seek peace like the world would seek peace. This is the difference between happiness and joy. Joy comes from the Spirit. Happiness is a result of joy. Happiness is a result of emotions. Happiness is a smile on my face. That's why I tell people, when you come to church... Tell your body to smile. I'm looking right now to see who's smiling. You have to decide to do that. When he says, I leave you my peace, it's not like you're going out trying to find peace. Peace is in you. When you got saved, he delivered peace 
on the inside of you. The pursuit for peace is not out here. Oh, I'm preaching real good now. The pursuit for peace is not the circumstances. You're not judging whether or not the Lord's working if they still have tubes in your arms. You're not judging based on emotions. It's not how I feel. It's not how I was treated. He put peace inside of you where you're looking for it, where you're hunting, where you're trying to find that peace is the peace that Jesus already gave you. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying to you? I go to the Word, I go to prayer, and the Holy Spirit leads me and He directs me. He might tell me, go hug your wife and bring a result. But something about the leading of the Holy Spirit brings me to peace. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about? God wants you to walk in peace. Every day when you wake up that you're seeking after the goalpost of peace. There's rest in the Holy Ghost. Not strain and stress. Not destruction and demotion. Not fear and anxiety. If you're full of anxiety, trust me, you're not at peace. Come on, somebody. If you have depression and discouragement, you're not at peace. But even though I knew we had reached the end with my mother, there was peace on the inside. I knew that heaven was her home. I knew the best thing that could happen to her was to be with Jesus. I knew that she was going to be healthy and whole in heaven. I had joy and I had... Come on, folks, shout it out. Peace. Peace. I had a word. I had a refuge in God. And we're to seek after peace. When you find yourself in turmoil, get out. Go after peace. How do I get there? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Pray the will of God. Pray out the Word of God until something drops down on the inside of you that words can't explain. It's called peace. Come on, somebody. God wants you at rest. He don't want you strained out. Okay, you might get frustrated out for a little bit. You might have a little frustration for a moment or two. But you ought to instantly, when I get done preaching this today, you ought to instantly say, you know what? I'm not carrying that weight. Jesus carried that weight. I'm not fighting that fight. Jesus fought that fight. I'm not walking down that path. Jesus walked down that path. Come on, somebody. And I shall carry and lay all my cares at his feet because he loves me and he cares about I want you to shout that out. Jesus loves me. Come on, somebody, shout it out. Jesus loves me. And then say this, he takes care of all my needs. My God shall supply. Oh, come on, somebody, I'm talking about peace here. I'm talking about the peace of God that comes even though there's a need, God will supply the need. I mean, oh, God's going to take care of you. I want you to shout that out. God's going to take care of me. Come on, shout it out like you mean it. God's going to take care of me. And then I want you to say, God's going to take care of my family. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out. It is well. Come on, somebody. That word follow is to seek it. Another word is used here, the, 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 that deco also means to pursue persecute or to go after to follow with intention to search for them to hunt for them to track them down to go after them and the holy spirit uses this word to, to tell us that we're to follow after peace with all men we're to find a place of peace and that means sometimes peace doesn't come to us 
In this scripture, we're not seeking the external peace. It doesn't just come, we go get. I don't know if anybody heard what I said. See, because we sit there and just wait for peace. Oh, peace, peace. Wonderful peace coming down. Oh, we've all sung the song. That's incorrect. We are to pursue. We are to engage, hunt, fight, go after. You see, see, people get in church and all they want is an emotional experience. And if I don't feel it, well, it must not be working. I'm not being fed. I've been at this 23 years. I have had many people. And you know something? I'm a good preacher. You ain't going to tell. You're not coming to me and tell me you hadn't been fed. You just hadn't been listening. That's the real truth. Something has stopped you up. It didn't stop me up. I'm just telling you now. I've been feeding. I keep feeding. I'm going to keep on feeding. Today you're getting fed. And if you hear what I'm saying, because you're just sitting there, and then something's going on in their family, something's going on with their child. This is what we're talking about, right? And so now things are dissatisfied. We're having problems maybe with our wife. Our children aren't going the right direction. Somebody in the family got sick, and we've got challenges. We're falling a little bit in our salvation. We're not quite walking the way we ought to. And then all of a sudden, I'm just not being fed. You know, you don't wait on the Holy Ghost to show up. You go find Him. He said, seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. Ask. Where does it say He's going to knock on your door and find you? Where does it say He's going to beat you down to get in your house? Where does it say? He said, if you open the door, I will come in. If there's an inhibition, if there's a problem between you and God, if you're not getting fed, if you don't feel the Holy Ghost, it ain't because Brother Sammy ain't sung the right song. Thank you, Brother G. I heard that. Amen. I mean, because I don't wait till Sunday to get fed. Sunday's not my only day to get fed. I get fed on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. I read the Word on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I pray on Monday. I go all the way to Friday. I even make it to Saturday. And then when Sunday rolls around, I'm still praying. I'm still seeking God. I'm still in the presence of the Lord. I'm not waiting on nobody else. You can't wait for peace to come. You can't hope God sends you peace. you got to go after it. I'm going to find peace. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by the word of God. I'm moved by the presence of God. See, that's good preaching. We have to do something to find peace. Have to read and pray and seek the Lord and come to a point where we've made up our mind that I will not function unless I have the peace of God. You know the peace of God will always follow the word of God. If you're disobeying the word, you're already out of peace. Nobody's shouting hallelujah. You have to follow his word. You have to obey his word. God doesn't speak against his word. Somebody ought to say amen. Follow after peace. God is telling us our responsibilities here. 
You put on your hunting gear. You make sure that you make the right decision to do something about peace according to the love that's been shed in your heart. We're to remind ourselves, I have to be responsible for what that person, I, I am not responsible for what others do. I'm only responsible for what I do. Nobody gets saved for you. Nobody gets healed for you. Nobody gets delivered for you. If you're going to change, it happens in you. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Sometimes when you do everything you can and there's no other responses, you still walk in faith. You can't answer for another person, but you can answer for yourself. Did you go after peace? The word see there is interesting too because the word see in this scripture says follow after peace with all men without, with, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. If you want exposure to the blessings of the Lord, you're going to have to have peace. When you're not getting where you want to go, it's because something is between you and your peace. Peace is not a state of mind. Peace is a reference to your spirit. When you're sick, you need peace that Jesus has healed you. When you're ill or depressed, you need peace that God has delivered you, restored you. You need peace. Interestingly enough, I I, I don't need to go too far into that, but I want you to know some strife is a blocker. When you see attitudes that are blocking you between you and God, it's peace is the problem. You have to have His presence in your life to have peace. You have to have His presence. You have to have His presence. And peace is the key to the presence of God. The Bible tells us that after peace, there's holiness. The word holiness there is the word hagais or hagais, which means to be separated or different. See, we're not like the world. We're separated from the world. We're different than the world. The word holiness means being usable. If you want God to use you, you have to have peace many people are struggling with their life and struggling with situations and struggling to go forward and all these things and they're wondering why God doesn't pick them up and elevate them it's because they haven't found the finish line you're still calling a friend instead of calling heaven somebody ought to say amen The Holy Spirit gives us the power we need to walk in forgiveness, to walk in a higher life. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to walk in freedom rather than in bondage like the world walks in. We're called to follow after peace, to hunt it, to seek it, to pursue it with all men. We're called to walk in holiness, to behave differently than other people behave, and walk in forgiveness, free from offense. If we fail to pursue this kind of spiritual walk and remain in strife and bitterness, we'll always be in a condition that we are not in the tangible presence of God. Stay in His presence. And the only way you're going to get there is through the Holy Spirit. I want to read John again to you one more time. Why don't you get this? It says this in John 14, 26 in the Amplified Bible. But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, helper Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, and Standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He's going to teach you all things. He'll cause you to recall. You will rem- he will remind you of and bring you into remembrance of everything I told you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. That's my peace. 
I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disrupted. Don't permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. God wants you to walk in victory. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't fret for anything or about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, continue to make your requests made known to God. And God's peace. God's peace. Somebody say the finish line. Shall be yours. It's yours. And it says, it goes on to say that you live in a tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with this earth, lot and everything, every sort that it is, that peace which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount and guard over your hearts and minds in Christ. And Matthew 6 says it this way, Don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient to the day is its own trouble. Folks, I want you to know something. We're to follow after peace. Somebody say, follow after peace. Let me just point this out to you sometimes when we run into challenges in our lives we have a hard time examining where the challenge is we have a hard time with that sometimes we point to other people they shouldn't have they didn't they would have why did they you know we point to other people or other situations one of the hardest things all of us have a hard time doing is pointing to ourselves If I get in trouble and I was warned continually and told continually and given information continually and somebody continued to talk to me and then finally I got disciplined for something I wouldn't change and then I'm mad because I got in trouble. They wrote me up at work or uh, they yelled and screamed at me somewhere or whatever. I don't know, maybe whatever. And you were repeatedly offending and then got in trouble. Stop pointing the finger at the person who disciplines you and go look in the mirror See you might not like this see that's what people say I don't get fed because I'm gonna tell you the truth I'm not here to mess around with you. I'm not here to play with you. I'm not here to make you happy I'm here to tell you the truth Some point you got to look in the mirror and say I didn't do What I was supposed to do Stop being mad about where you are and make sure you identify why you are. Man, that's good. That's just, hey, that's great preaching right there. No, not the opposite. And then fix it. (laughs) Here's the problem. Fix, fix it. Fix it. That's what I'm telling you, to be led by, we're to follow the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. He's ordering our steps. He orders our steps. He directs us because there are things in us that he wants to fix. And we're mad at him because he's trying to fix them. No, I don't want to give up that. Well, you're going to die of cancer. Well, I don't care. 
Then when, when you die of cancer, everybody's mad and wondering, I don't understand why. I mean, they smoke four packs a day. I'm not, I don't know why. Smoke all you want to. I'm not telling you not to smoke, but if you pray about that, you seek the Lord and you read the package. Okay, nobody's shouting. Nobody's shouting. The consequences of the decision are listed. <laughs> we want to ignore the consequences if you steal at the mall. Every once in a while, a kid will come through here and they're going through discipline problems and they went to the mall and they stole something. I'll tell you a story. This is, this is, my son decided to go to the mall with a bunch of his friends. He was trying to be super cool. No offense to my kid, but he was trying to be bad. And so he's in the mall. He's like, you know, you know, you know how you do. So he's thugging out in the mall with all of his buddies. So he gets down into the food court and he decides to hit this column with his shoulder. He's going to tackle it like it's a tackle dummy at the school. So he runs down this, down the middle of this, of the center of the mall and tackles this column. But when he did, the entire sheetrock fell off. All that was left was a pole and a bunch of dust and all the, the sheetrock mud and the sheetrock laying on the ground. And they had a picture of it. You know how everybody did. So now my son is tackling the wall, tears the wall up. Come on, we all have kids. All of our kids do stuff. Mine's not alone. This is years, years ago, not recently, okay? Do you know they banned my son from the mall? He could not come back to the mall for six solid months. We couldn't take him with us. He couldn't go to the mall because he had demonstrated destructive behavior at the mall at Florence. Do you know that was not the mall's fault? Now, he can be mad all he wants to. How he, I can't go to the mall anymore. I don't understand why they won't let me in the mall. I didn't mean to do that. I wasn't trying to tear up that wall. But what you did was dumb. And the reason you're banned is because of what? <laughs> Folks, I have preached a dynamic message on following after peace. Follow peace. Seek the Lord. Spend time with God. Amen. You know, he's never tackled the wall at the mall again. Somebody say amen. He got disciplined. Accept it. Say it's my fault. Stop telling everybody that everybody else is wrong. Stop telling everybody they were wrong. Why did they do that? I don't understand. Look in the mirror and say, God, did I do? And let God, how many think God wants to make you better? Raise your hand if you think he wants to make you better. Did you think anything was done just to affect you and offend you and make you mad and tear you up and frustrate you? No, you're frustrated because you didn't follow after peace. I'm thinking that before my son went and tackled that wall, that something on the inside started talking to him. I'm thinking the Holy Spirit started to say, don't tackle that. I'll bet as he was running. Don't tackle that wall. Don't tackle the wall. Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. <laughs> life is wonderful. Life is tremendous. God has the best life for us. The best marriages, the best homes, the best children, the best. We have to follow after peace. It is well. Come on. Stop being discouraged. Stop being depressed. You can't stay negative. The Bible says this. He says, think on these things. Whatsoever things are good. Whatsoever things are of a good report. Whatever things are kind. 
Think on these things. Put your mind in the right place and begin to think about God. You love me enough to correct me. You love me enough to help me. And Lord, I haven't listened yet, but I'm going to listen.